Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So and Casey Wayne No So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, we got the Dolphins heading home 2-0 for their season opener. The Marlins are still fighting for their spot in the wild card. Inner Miami loses their first game of the Messi era. And the Hurricanes are looking forward to a tough opponent in Temple. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! What it do? What it do? We back, my boy. I made so, it back. I made it back, dog. <laughs> Safely. <laughs> I was uh, behind enemy lines there this weekend, but uh, we we made it out in one piece. Yeah, man. Shout so out to speak. the squad, man, that made it out there with you, dog. It was a. Uh, it, it's good to know that High Leah was definitely represented <laughs> up in New England. Miami right? definitely was represented. High yeah, Leah was sure. represented too. I, if you guys are in the building, High Leah is definitely being represented. Yeah, that's like, you know what I mean? So shout out to that for sure, man. But um, yeah, bro, an eventful sports weekends for us, right? Uh, we saw a couple of big victories for our teams down here. And basically, it's just been like a continuance of a great year, calendar year. For us, the sports fan, right? Yep, Including here, yep. the at South sports Florida so-so. sports fan. Yeah, yeah. And know. the sports are so so. So, so sports the fan. people that we're talking to, you know, yeah. we're talking to the people, man. Um, but before we move well, forward, shout out, shout out if you've been rocking with us. Yes, want to make sure to say thank you. And uh, if you're not subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button below, drop a like, and uh, leave a comment. Absolutely, you guys got to hook us up and go hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We're almost at a personal goal. We're not going to tell you what that goal is, but. As long as you guys keep watching the videos, hitting the like buttons, dropping comments. It's everybody on earth. That's the goal. Yeah. To get everybody on earth <laughs> to subscribe. Much. Pretty much. Um, so where do you want to get started, Doug? Because we got a lot to talk about. You know me, man. Um, when it's dolphin season, they get the, the head they get the head of the the, the snake. So I mean, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. You know, are we gonna do a full breakdown of said game? I no, because for that, people can head to OnlyFans and watch that, right? That's right. So if you want that recap, you know, which is a solid, solid recap, um, very introspective on what happened in the game, right? And we noticed a lot of things, right, from both perspectives, from the in uh, in life experience and also what we saw on TV. And um, that conversation with Rax and Martin and, and yourself and I, man, was, was really good. So yeah. if you haven't already, go check that out. Um, but... I want to talk about like the impact that that game is going to have, right, for the rest of the season. Because going two and zero on the road is hard to do to start the season. And then when you throw that on top of it, it feels like it amplifies it, right? It's almost like you're multiplying the quality of that win. Uh, because yeah, maybe the Chargers make the playoffs, maybe they don't this year. But we still went out on the West Coast, right? a tough flight to be out there, get ready for the first game of the season, and we won the game, right? Offense played well, defense came through at the end. Now we head to New England to face a division opponent. Same thing. You got to go out there. You know it's going to be a tough game. You got to go out there and get the win, and they do end up getting the win 24-17. to But it's how they won the mm-hmm. game. It wasn't a explosive, flashy Tyree kill to two and two connecting on six bombs down the Waddle getting crazy. It wasn't that type of game. Even though Waddle did have a really good game until he was knocked out. But I felt like the impact it has on the team is to say, okay, boys, we can win under any circumstance. If we need to score points, we can score points. If we need to lock it down and stop teams from scoring, we're going to be able to lock it down and keep teams from scoring. And we're going to be able to do it in hostile territory. Because that Chargers game had a playoff feel for it. Yeah. No, right? and, if, and then if you recall, I mean, last year, towards the end of the season, yes. we needed to win games to make it to the postseason. We lost on the road. We lost some big games on the road. One of them was to the Chargers. The Chargers yeah. beat us 23-17 last year. Then the following week, we went on the road, played the Bills. We lost by three points on the road against the yeah. Bills. Two weeks later, the Patriots beat us in Foxborough, which we just won yep. in week two. And then uh, we ended up losing to the Bills in the wild card round. Yeah. So the road games, big road games that cost us last year, it's nice to come out the gate 
2-0 and on the road. Absolutely. Absolutely, Joel, dog. And, and like I said, the impact that, that it's going to have, right? Like, you know, now we got the vision, like tiebreakers, mm-hmm. right? We're already in control of that. We're already in control of the division. We're the only 2-0 and team in our division. 1-0 in our division, but 2-0, and yeah. I'm just saying overall, overall record, record, right? Mm-hmm. That, that counts for something. Just want to make sure people, people yeah. understand that. But... Just, just the huge impact, right? That I think it's going to have on the mentality of the team moving forward for the rest of the season. Uh, we got to talk about Waddle, right? He's in the concussion protocol right now. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday against Denver. If, if I'm a hundred percent honest with you, dog, and I think that we can afford to not play him. As crazy as that sounds, because I, I'm sure he wants to play, and the guys on the field want him to play, but. We got to think long-term here with with Waddle, right? Especially for this season. How important is this game against Denver? Denver is, what, 0-2? They're struggling. Russell Wilson looks like he can't really get the team right. Sean Payton's first year there. They got a lot of talent on paper. The last year was a shit show, and then so far this year, they still haven't been able to put it together through two games in the, the new regime. It's the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, so... I just think that... I disagree with what you said, though, about so. Waddle, about needing him. I think we do need him this weekend because they got one of the... No, I'm, I want to stop right there. They have the best corner in the league right now, in my opinion, in Patrick Satan Jr. Sorry, dog. We got two guys named Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, dog. Bro, Satan is nasty. He's, he's going to be on that level. He's younger. He's younger. And he's a, he's a man coverage beast. He's younger. That guy's, that guy's all over you like white on rice, bro. So yeah. he's going to be all over Tyreek. Now, Tyreek is unguardable. Don't get me wrong. Correct. He's still going to eat. But a guy like Waddle is going to be needed there to, to, to really, like, to, to get that deep threat going. Because you know Sertan's going to lock up Tyreek. We're going to be doing it short, letting him get five, six-yard separation, and then dumping it off and letting him okay. make a play. But we need Waddle to be that, that downfield threat. No, I get it. He had four receptions for 86 yards. One right? of them was a big one, a the long 30, one. The 32-yard catch. Yeah, I was just going to mention it. But and, and I understand what you mean, how he helps open up the offense. But then I look at what Tua's doing with what he has available. He's also finding other targets. Yeah, and yeah. Those guys are producing. Happily distributing the Happily ball. Happily distributing the ball, right? We've seen him hit seven and eight receivers in two games. Like, it, it makes it even harder for the defense to focus on anybody now because now you don't know who the hell he's going to throw it to. And I think that if we're talking about for one game, a home opener— I'm okay with sitting water and just having that extra time to say, hey, buddy, let's make sure you're right. Let's make sure that you're okay for the rest of the season. We got a longer-term goal in mind. We already did it with Teron Armstead, and we've seen how the team, right, more importantly, the offensive line guys, has responded. Oh, one of our main guys is out? That means we all got to step up. Damn, this guy's out this play? Fuck it, I got to take his spot and step up. Jalen Ramsey is out. We've seen Kadir Kohil make big plays out there. Van Ginkle make plays, make tackles. Everybody's picking up the slack for the next man who's not able to play. So that's why I think we should be a little bit more precautionary with Waddle. Um, like you said, Tyreek's still going to eat, and that's that's not a problem. Uh, I just I, I think, you know, also what's hurting the Dolphins in that situation is the fact that it's a concussion. Yes. And, and then what just, you know, recency buys, what just happened last year with Tua and the concussions and yes. the concussion protocol. And if Mike McDaniels, you know, wants to, you know, just really play it safe right now, I wouldn't blame him. Right now is the time to beginning of the season, you know, to your point. <clears throat> you know, uh, besides Sertan, I don't, I don't know the rest of their secondary. So it's like we can just, you know, Tua can exploit that distributing the ball. Um, but I also think it's, you got to owe it to the fans, man. You got to let that kid suit up if he is healthy, ready to go. You know, maybe they were overly cautious when they took him to the blue tent and, and, you know, and put him in the concussion protocol because of last year. Maybe he's ready to go and he's fine. You know what I mean? So we got to let the doctors do the job. We got to let Waddle and, and, you know, um, McDaniels do their job. I hope he plays though for the fans, home opener. You know, you want to see the kid. They want to see that Waddle. They want to see that dance, that touchdown dance. So I I hope he is good. and And, you know, I hope he plays. I hope he plays too, man. Um, the other but two I would guys that are questionable still are uh, Teron Armstead and Jalen Phillips, right? Which didn't play again on Sunday. On Sunday, I'm 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 okay with kind of sitting Phillips too. I, that like I'm not saying that Van Kinkle is going to be able to play like he did against the Patriots, right? 
again or so consistent like that. But I know that I can count on him for five to seven plays to to come up with a tackle and just be in the right position at the right time. Yeah. And more and sometimes you know what? That's just enough, right? If we're talking about a team sport where your job is just to do your job. And if Van Ginkle's job is to rush as best as he can and make tackles, just do that, bro. And and I promise you that that's more than okay and it'll allow somebody else to do something yeah, else. Exactly. So, I'm okay with with a couple of those guys missing the game because of uh how bad Denver has looked. Yeah. I really think and how that, good we've looked. And how good we've looked. So now that we're going to be at home, I don't want to say there's pressure on the team to perform, but I, I feel like the team wants to show the home crowd, like, hey, we are serious about making a playoff run. Not making the playoffs, making a playoff run. And that's a new level, something we haven't experienced as Dolphin fans. No, nah, we want to make it to the playoffs again. We just want to, and, but yes, we want to. We need the to get out of the first playoffs. round. We need to get out of the first round. The that, goal that, is so playoffs. If that's what you mean by a playoff run. Then yes, absolutely, I'm with you. Hold on, and hold on. What's up? What is the bare minimum if we make the playoffs in terms of wins? Um, uh, honestly, bro. Would, honestly, if I'm being you know, totally honest. I think I I just need to see a playoff win right now at this point in my life, bro, from the Dolphins. I need to just see a postseason win, bro. If that's a wild card and they go to the division round or whatever and, and they, you know, tough game and it's a bad beat or something, I can live with that as long as they have finally a freaking playoff win. Now, with the team we have right now, the, there's an, a case and an argument for it's AFC championship or bust at minimum. I feel like he should be at least two wins. Two playoff wins. We're working with a small window. And we know that our talent is elite. When Tua's on, he is elite. Tyreek Hill is elite. Waddle, elite. Chris Wilkins, elite. Jalen Phillips, working to be elite. Like Howard, elite. Ramsey, elite. We got guys in key positions that are elite in their positions. When you have that, the expectation is winning. Because there's enough talent, enough guys working hard. And if the team is really bought in into the vision of the coach, then it should be good. Everybody should be focused on that one goal. And I think that's what, what's what's going to happen this year. That's why I say playoffs run. Yeah, you know I, I mean? I, I, and then I'm with you. I'm, I'm on board with you. And then going back to this game and, you know, the guys that were sitting out, you know, the other one that I also feel comfortable with is Teron Armstead. Two games yeah. in, O-line has looked very good with the exception of a They've couple of mishaps. But, you know, they're, they're very, they look more disciplined this year. They look healthier this year so far. And we've been protecting Tua very well. He's, he's only gotten hit four times through two games. So yeah. that O-line collectively is doing a good job. All we need is to get that whole Connor Williams to Tua, you know, situation under control. Bro, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I somehow, some way, Tua's going to take the L for that, right? Somehow, some way, there's going to be a way to be like, oh, this guy doesn't know how to hold the ball, what? Somehow, someway, that's that. going to happen, yeah. right? Yep. But in, in all sense and purposes, Connor Williams has to recognize the importance, right, of making sure that doesn't happen again for the rest of the season, no matter what the circumstances are. Because if that shit happens in a playoff game, that could be the difference between winning and losing right there, dog. Say the dude does it in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left and we're driving. We're up four or some shit. The team comes back and scores a touchdown. It's a wrap for us. Those are things that, like, happen in those playoff scenarios. Yeah. And that's the type of shit that people have to be focused on on that team. Like, it's not about regular season wins. Yes, they're important. Yeah, we're going to... That, that's the work, right? That's the hard work in order to get to where we want to get to, playoffs. And not just the playoffs, winning in the playoffs. That's why I mentioned, you know, facing these playoff-type teams and how important they are, dog, and how critical and how meaningful those wins can be in a season where you're trying to achieve something great like the Dolphins haven't been able to achieve. Like, you got to be able to do that somehow, some way, right? And the way that you do that is by winning games against playoff contenders. Ugly, pretty, high scoring, low scoring, doesn't matter. We just did that twice in our first two games. Now we're coming home to face a bad Denver team that is struggling on both sides of the ball. Yeah, their defense is good, but they're also losing games and giving up points. We're coming home 
We need to make a statement. This is a team that is probably not going to make the playoffs. So we need to put, you know, our boot through their ass and kick their ass in front of our home crowd and beat them 35 to 10. That's the type of game that needs to happen against Denver because we need to show that the fans and the rest of the NFL, like, yo, we're for real. And if you play here in Miami, this is what you can expect. So what was your prediction? 35-10. I'm going to go... I'm going to write it down right now. I'm going to go 42-14. You? 42-14. 42-14. High scoring, bro. I just think that this Dolphins offense, man, they're just going to want to put on a show for the home crowd. They're, they're hungry. They're excited. They've been playing well. They're on a roll. McDaniels knows what to do, knows the place to call, knows how to adjust, you know, knows how to keep it interesting. So I'm but, expecting fireworks no, this I, weekend. I, I'm with you, man, 100%. That's why I think the, the 35 points is not out the realm, right? It's not out the realm. Um, Tua, he's, he's already leading Vegas early odds of being an MVP this year because of how good he's played. Yeah, he's had two stupid mistakes, right, that have been in interceptions. And he definitely has to, has to be the main one to correct his mistakes the quickest. He has to be that guy for us. But everything he else, has. he has been. And everything else around him has been working. And he's closed games. He's yeah. closed them out. You yeah. know, he go, closed out go, first week. He bro, closed out this week. Yeah, go out there and whoop Denver's ass. Go out there and whoop Denver's ass. I think it's, it's very possible and I think that's what and we're going to see on Sunday, bro. Get off to a 3-0 and start on the season. Let's do it. I really believe in Mike McDaniels now, dog, because he's shown us that he can make the offense good enough that, I, that anybody who's a in-between fan can watch and enjoy. Now this offense is one of the funnest offenses in the NFL. doesn't matter, like, if you're a fan or not, like, or if you've been happy with the team or not, like, you're like, yo, these guys are really scoring touchdowns. Like, oh, shit, <laughs> it's been a minute, right? I, you got to enjoy that. And I recently saw the interview he did on The Pivot. Great interview. Uh, just shows you how committed he is to winning and to building a program, uh, making sure that the guys know that he's there to make them better. And the players are responding, bro. They're bought in. They're bought in. Hey, he's earned their respect. And yeah. they're bought in, and he has, he has that locker room a thou- altogether. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I, I, bro, it's, it's crazy, but in that locker room, they're probably talking Super Bowl. Right? I, wouldn't, I mean, yeah, if you're an athlete, bro, you're, everybody should be talking Super Bowl. You know Bowl. what I mean? Like, that's what they're that's, But now, like, they have the confidence because what happens with the Dolphins is that, you know, that last year – Get on a hot streak, win the first five games, and then you lose two, and you lose the next five games. Yeah, yeah. and it's like that. T- that takes a lot out of everybody. It's like, damn, everything we work for is just kind of now. It's just you know we have no response for this, and you know that that can get to you. But they they've bounced back. They've responded. You know what I mean? They they got to the playoffs last year. They know that they can do it. They can compete. They were very close to you know making it past and you know beating the Bills, but. They're better and they're stronger this year, dog. And yeah, I, yeah I, w- I don't blame them for having that confidence in Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely stronger. Defense is really starting to open up. Uh, shout out to Martin um, from OnlyFans. I gave us an amazing stat that we're going to close off this Dolphins segment on. Dolphins are 31st in the NFL in blitz percentage. That means that we're 31st in how often the Dolphins are blitzing, right? Dolphins are third in NFL pressure percentage. We ain't blitzing, but we're creating all this pressure. That D-line, boy, I tell you. Boy, I tell you, we got some dogs on there, man. We got some dogs on there, and it's, it's, it's good it's to been, see. It's been a, a little bit of a process getting all those guys together, healthy, and yeah. and doing their thing, but it's it's coming together. I love it. Absolutely, man. Uh, Dolphins, Broncos, this Sunday, 1 p.m., home opener. Don't miss it. Uh, you're going to see fireworks for sure. And then after that, you're going to be able to see OnlyFans because we're definitely going to bring you that recap uh, later on that afternoon and let you guys know what we thought about the game. Uh, let's move on to the next team that Bro, I've really been this watching. Game, this team surprised the hell out of me this weekend. Right? Right? Like, we got to talk about it. Who in the world thought, in this world, that the Marlins would sweep the Braves? Bro, Nobody. Not even the most hardcore fan. I've been dying to talk to you about this because I, <laughs> I I didn't watch the games. I was traveling this week, but I, I you know obviously I keep up with the score and, and, and all that. 
And when we won the first game, so I was like, holy shit, David B. Goliath. Like, the Marlins got the Braves. Yeah. And then to see that we did it two more times, I was like, this is in this is what world are we living in right now? And it's the way that they won it, Joel, right? Like the way that they won it was by like beating the shit out of the Braves, right? Jazz like, had a grand slam. Yeah. One of the games. Back to back games. Oh, back to back games. Two of them. Wild. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I'm unbelievable. Like, like wild, dog. Like back the odds of that shit slams. happening is is back to back grand incredible. slam. That kid's a superstar. Yeah, for sure. But like, even even though just fuck, man. The way that this Marlins team fights, dog. They lose three out of four out of the Milwaukee series, right? A series which I said, like, yo, you got to dominate this series because we're going to face a tough-ass exactly. team in the Braves, and right? we didn't, bro. Lost three out of four on that. And I'm like, God damn, dog. What's going to happen now when we come home against the Braves? Who, sure who always have our number. Sure enough. Has everybody's number. Hottest team in baseball. Everybody's number, dog. Sitting at the top of the standings. They hadn't lost a series in that to a team in the NL East. <laughs> That's the team that they play the most. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and the Marlins became the first team to do that this season, which crazy. Let's go. Crazy. Great Shows you how much it. talent is really on this team, yeah. dog. Yeah, big facts. It's really on this team. And like, they really do have an, enough to compete. Maybe not enough to win playoff series, right? But they can compete in a playoff series and they can definitely gain some experience from that and be a team that's like young, up and coming, you know, has a good nucleus. Everybody's down and bought in on the project. Like, I'm not worrying about making $120 million. I'm okay with making the 70 to $80 million that I'm going to make here because the team is cool and I like the people here. Kind of like what we were building with Fernandez, Giancarlo, Yelich. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, we had that, that nucleus of young guys who had been with us from the beginning and that were coming into the primes. Whatever happened, like, they broke up. Right, and they all went to shit. I feel like that's happening again with this with this group of young players that we have, and uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Let me Just ask a you beautiful a, thing to see these guys in the hunt. Let me ask you a question though: for these games against Atlanta, was it more? Like, did we just score more runs than we normally do? Or was the pitching Absolutely. on fire and, care, you know, helped us, like, hold them? The pitching was okay, right? Like, the starters did okay, but it was definitely more of an offensive output, dog. Like, we averaged about 12 runs per game, dog. First game that we beat them was 9-6, to six, right? And then after that, it was double digits, double digits. 11 runs in the second game, 16 runs in the last game of the series. Sheesh. 27 runs in two games. That's like, come on, dog. Just wild. It's just wild for this Marlins team to even be able to produce like that against such a tough opponent. Because it's not like the Braves were out there were playing with minor league players. No, they're playing with the regular guys, starting the regular rotation guys. They got Acuna? Yeah. Like, One of the hottest players in baseball? They still got that guy, right? What? Nasty. Like, so, what are we talking about? Full-fledged, like, full-fledged Braves team, and we went out there and really kicked their ass. And it was just an offensive onslaught. We saw a lot of home runs. We saw a lot of doubles we saw a lot of rbis like it was just a hit fest after hit fest after hit fest that's awesome bro You're oh and, it, and but but it's it is it is awesome Joel. but it's like this is the type of ceiling that we saw for the martins and for them to have achieved it it's really awesome and and they're they're warranted in where they're at right now it's not like oh the martins came out of nowhere now nah, they've been playing like this or showing the ability to play like this in a lot of games this season and, and when we needed to, we relied on pitching, right? When we needed to have a good dominant start by somebody, we would get that occasionally. But most of the times, it's been our closers. You know, it's been the, the bullpen doing it, do, doing that type of work. And this guy's not on right now. All right, next man up. We'll get another guy in that relief or, or closer position or reliever position and go from there. AJ Puck, that guy's been struggling for the past two months has been coming in strong in these last two series, right? Um, he got a, a, a victory in this series against the Braves. Tanner Scott, a guy who wasn't necessarily even thought of as our closer when we started this season, is now closing games and winning games for us. That's a huge plus, man, because we, you and I know that we saw a lot of games last year where they lost close games or they didn't have anybody who can come in and shut the door. Now we have that ability and we see the output in the games won. Yo, the Marlins have 79 wins. 79 wins. There's six games above 500, dog. Like, 
We got, we got a shout out Skip Schumacher, bro. How that guy hasn't gotten more media attention is wild. Because he is the manager for a Miami-based sports team. I get it. I just had a like, whole conversation today with, with Pueyo about Miami not getting any love ever. Any, yeah, any, for sure. any, shout out any to sport, you know, any you know franchise here, like we just don't. Even when we're in like the championship games. Yeah, we're always going to be on the back burner when it comes to the national media. But like you would think that... A feel-good story like the Marlins are, right, would get some love nationally. And it's, like, not even that, dog. Like, this dude's not even getting, like, thoughts for your manager of the year. Which yeah, is, I mean, you, it's the a disrespect. Re- there's better records out there. I get it, Joel, but, but, like, but, I, but he, the he, argument would be he's a first-year manager. Look what he's doing with this, with this team. Limited payroll. Not really a, a, a strong fan base. Tough home attendance. Tough division. Tough division. Young players. A little bit of a veteran squad with older guys joining later in their careers and then managing one potential superstar in Jazz Chisholm. Like, you have a Cy Young winner. Like, you have a lot of different things that are popping off in this Marlins team, and this dude has been able to handle everything as a whole and keep everything tied in together and hold it into his hand. That's why this team has been playing so well. Schumacher is doing the things behind closed doors that allows these guys to play with uh, confidence that has not been seen or felt from this team in, let's say, the last six years, seven years. So now we're seeing this come to light, and it's like, oh, shit, the Marlins could have done this for a long time. Like, this is awesome. This is what I would love to see as a Marlins fan, and now we're getting it. So I think that... Yeah, you want to shout out the Marlins and be like, wow, they're doing this and that. Like, you really got to look at who's been putting things together. We haven't talked about Kim Ang enough on the program. She deserves a lot of credit for the moves that they've made, right? Her her, her team, like, they've really taken chances on certain guys. Didn't really get rid of guys. Made some moves, traded players, some fan favorites, and it's all worked out for them. So when it does happen like that, you got to tip your cap to them and say, hey, you know what? You took the risk. It, it worked for you. And now look at your reward. You're a half game currently, right? Because the Marlins are playing tonight while we record. But you're a half game currently uh, behind the wildcard spot. And if you win tonight, you're probably holding the wildcard spot. So, like, you're going to have to keep playing winning baseball for the last 15 games of the this season, is, 17 games of the season. This is playoff games. baseball for the Marlins Straight right up. now, basically. But they've been playing that since game one, dog. I feel like they've been playing with that type of, like, chip on their shoulder since game one. And even when they were winning and were one of the hottest teams in baseball, teams weren't taking them serious. Um, The national media wasn't taking them serious. And they still had to play every single series and every single game. Like, all right, people are looking at us. We got to perform. This team thinks that we could beat them, that they can beat us easily. We got to go out there and perform and show these guys what's up. And they're they're doing that. They did that. So it ain't nothing new to this team. Who do we got coming up? Uh, let's see. They got an interesting schedule coming up. Um, they got the Mets going on right now, right? This is going to be a tough series for the Marlins, but something that they can pull off. Uh, first game, they've already won the first game of the three-game series, and yeah, then the we get trash. a revenge series against the Milwaukee Brewers this home this weekend, final home uh, series of the year. Uh, that's a talk about, talk about getting revenge, bro. We need to... I mean, they beat us three out of four, bro. Yeah, we got to guess. We got to get our league back. We got to, right? We got to get and our league back. And it has playoff implications, so we got to win that series. That's a must-win series. If you hadn't made it to a Martins game, this that's is our the last weekend. home series. This so, is it. That's, that's a must-win series. You got to do it for it. the fans. This is it. You got to show up. You got to make it loud. You got to make it tough for Milwaukee to win, and you got to go out there and really root for this team. Good thing is that you can get really good seats for cheap, dog. So go I, out there I tomorrow. Might have to go hit that up, dog. Yeah. yeah I might yeah, have yeah. to go out there this weekend. Hit me up. Hit me up. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk. Now it's time to talk about the one team that needs a lot of help in order to achieve their goal of making the playoffs this season. That is the Inner Miami CF. Hey, there you go. Yeah. They um they just lost their first game of the season ah, of the Messi one. era. Let's not say the season of the Messi era. But Messi wasn't playing. He was not playing. Uh still got their ass kicked by Atlanta 5 2. Mm. Uh, which which sucked, man, because I watched I watched the game and when I'm watching, I'm like, all right, let, what we need to do is get off to a good start, take the crowd out of it a little bit, right? Kind of hold possession, move the ball around, and, and limit the amount of shots on goal that we give up in the first half, and then see what happens in the second half, maybe make some adjustments. 
And it almost worked out that way because for the first 20 minutes, Atlanta was trying to apply pressure, but they really couldn't catch a break. And every time them inner Miami had a chance to move the ball around, they took advantage of it. And they are not a campanas. We talked about that guy last time, bro, how he's been able to put multi-goal games together recently. This guy opened up the scoring in the 23rd minute. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, here we go. The game plan is now in in, in, in action, right? Like, we got to find a way to keep possession. Uh, didn't really work out for, like that, you know, because about 13 minutes later, uh, Atlanta was able to score the equalizer. Once they did that... They reset. It, it reset. It got the crowd back into it. That place was rocking. Like, that's a dome, dude. Like, that's the same area uh, stadium that the Atlanta Falcons play in. The Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, bro, imagine how loud that place gets, dog. And it, that shit was packed. I think it was like 71,000 people in that place. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Like, imagine everybody bought the tickets thinking that Messi was going to show up. Damn. So everybody showed up in the hopes that he does play, right? But, Damn. you know, the coach held him back smartly, right? <clears throat> this dude's putting in work. Uh, you don't want to overwork this guy, right? You know how much he means to the squad. Yeah, but it cost him a loss. It cost him a loss, man. But we shouldn't really held on to it, you know, because even still, the the way that Atlanta really took control of the game was through a mistake of our own, right? We had uh, Kamal Miller, who's been playing amazing recently, right? He's been really playing really good. Uh, I think he's earned man of the match two of the last six games. Like, this guy's been killing it. He gave up an own goal. And that shit right there just started to crumble for for Inter Miami. You don't bro. you don't want to be the guy that do, does that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have the importance of giving up an own goal in like a World Cup, right? Like nobody is gonna hate you for that. But it's it's still tough to be the lead defender, the guy that is being looked at from the uh, you know as a defensive leader to be the one to give up a known goal. And he was just unfortunate. You know, sometimes as a defender, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, you, lift your leg, you, you lift your leg up, the ball bounces a certain way. That would be me, dog. Yeah, it would happen to anybody. Like, oh, shit. No, oh, no. Not what I meant. Yo, take it back. You know that's not what I meant, Yo, dog. do over. Mulligan. Take that back. Mulligan. <laughs> what? No, that doesn't apply. Nobody? Anybody? I thought we got one in the first half and the all second right. half. All, all right. right. If all right. you guys want to play like that. <laughs> if you guys don't want to play how we normally play, all right, just because there's cameras here. I guess here. we're doing it like that then, huh? Uh, but yeah, that gave Atlanta the two to one lead and then boom, uh, it was a wrap from there, man. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. Uh, so, sucks, man. But again, we see the fight from this team. They didn't give up, even though Atlanta scored uh, another goal to go up three to one. Uh, Leonardo Campanas again. Coming up with a clutch goal. Uh, his third multi-goal game in the last six games. A guy that you're saying that you're like, oh, but he only scores when Messi's in the game. Nah, this dude is producing. Even when Messi's there, when he's not there, he feels the pressure of being the main guy that people look at as far as a point, a focal point on the offense to say, let's get this guy the ball in his direction, either directly at his feet or while he's making a run or cut, getting him out on the wing. Let's get this guy the ball as often as possible because good things happen for him. And yeah, he he's feeling that that vibe. And when you're on that that vibe, dog, like you want the ball at your feet every single time. So it's nice to see this guy come up and continue to score, continue to produce. And the team didn't really give up until the very end and when the game was over. So I like the fight that we see in Inter Miami. They know that they have uh, uh, a big big task ahead of them. Still in the eighth position. Uh, I think the 13th position, if you want to check the standings. Yeah, I'll look it up. They're in the 13th, 13th position, excuse me. 14th, it says 14th, here. ahead of Toronto FC, who they play uh, this Thursday. You're going to be able to kick their ass and gain three points and make a good jump there. No, we play them today. Oh, today, while we're recording. Right now, yeah. So awesome. That's kind of the bad thing that, you know, we're, we're kind of recording right before the game. It is what it but is, baby. Messi's playing, so... Yeah, Inter Miami. Got to get that win. I'm gonna call it Miami one five two. Same way that they lost. So <laughs> that, I'm gonna call it. Uh, it's too many. Two two goals. Too many. I you hope they so? win. Yeah, I hope they win something right, quiet like four, three one. zero. Three zero, bro. I'll take three zip. Three zero, nice and quiet. Tidy it up. Go out there, beat those guys early. Cruise it. Cruise it out. Yeah, because then on Sunday we have a tough, tough matchup. That's going to be the tough matchup. Playing in Orlando as well. Uh, this is the number two team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, a team that definitely wants to make a stamp, right? And say, we don't care who 
they have on the team. We're still going to own the state. We're still going to be the better team in, in Florida. Yeah, they got their own stadium. They got a good fan base in Orlando. That shit's going to be packed as well. You know, you're going to get a good fan base of the Inter-Miami CF fans driving up there, right? Because it's not a crazy drive, uh, two and a half hours. Um, but yeah, still a tough place to play. But you got to focus on the task at hand. You got to go out there, beat Toronto handedly. 3-0, like we said, right? Go out there, get the dub, get those three points, move up, force other teams to win. Then you go out there on Sunday, get that big victory. Go out there and beat a team that thinks that they can go, uh, you know, is already solidified in their position, is going to be able to do whatever they want as far as playoff matchups go. Uh, I think that Inter-Miami has to prove right now to the rest of the MLS that they are serious about making the playoffs and that they are serious about contending in this playoff run. So each win is three points? Yes, sir. So we have 28 right now? Yes, sir. So, and then the, you know, the ninth spot right now has 35. We win these next two games. We would, we would bump all the way up to the top and we would be one point behind the playoff spot. Correct. Uh, Depending on if they don't win any games or lose any game or like tie games and stuff like that. Cause the tie will get you one point. But yeah, that's why I said earlier, we're going to rely left after that. Right. Like I said earlier, we're going to rely on other teams, uh, losing right to help the inter Miami CF team get ahead. But the only thing they have to do, because they have that extra game in hand, is continue to beat the teams that are in front. They got to win out. You got to win the game that is in front of you. You don't want to worry about this. You don't want to worry about this team doing that. You want to say, all right, Toronto, they're in last place. So what? Let's go out there they and got, They got to win out. We're playing Atlanta. Uh, we're playing uh, Orlando. Orlando. Let's go out there and beat them. Two one, two zero. However, one zero. However, it needs to get done. But we need to go out there and get the dubs. Yeah. Then they have the U.S. Open Cup final uh, against Houston Dynamo on Wednesday the twenty seventh. Yeah. And that's a little break in between the MLS. For Which them. I don't know if I really love. I really don't know if I like that because I I want them to get some type of momentum in the MLS where they're playing just focusing on getting ahead in the MLS. They'll have a chance after that. They got five straight. It's five straight games after that. So yep. they need to win against Toronto tonight. You know, by the time you hear this, you'll know the result. And they got to win on Sunday. And then at that point, you know, they, they just got to win out, man. They just got to win out. the. Re- they don't have a lot of winning. real estate to work with right now. No, and they, they can don't. do it. They can do it. They yes. can absolutely do it. Yes. So bet the house. <laughs> bet the house. That if Messi's that, that playing, make it. That they make it. Bet the they house. make it. Yeah, and, and look, the, the good thing about it, too, is that the teams that we're facing towards the end of the season are teams that are ahead of us. So getting wins against those opponents will is almost like doubling up, right? It's a two-for-one switch. Last five opponents, New York City, Chicago, Cincinnati, Charlotte, and Charlotte again. Yeah, yeah. Winnable games, man. And look, Charlotte's in the 11th spot. That's the team that's in thir- with 32 points. You beat those two guys twice, you're putting a good amount of distance between you and them, right? Real good. So, Real good. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens there. Uh, one last segment before we wrap up the show. Mm. I got to give some love to the Hurricanes, man, hey, because oh. they took care of business. They're moving up in the AP rankings. Really? Like, what are they ranked? What take a guess. Take 20, a guess. 22nd? No, I think 24th? we were 23rd. So now we, you got you to show me a little bit more love than that, though. Oh, I didn't know that they were ranked before heading into this week. Damn, Woody. Like My bad, that? Dog. My bad, dog. It's all right. It's all right. But yeah, right now they're ranked 20th. Nice little bump up. Okay. Right? Moving up two positions. And it's just what we expected, right? Like, we knew the game against Texas A&M was going to be big, and had we won it, how were we going to respond to the next game against an inferior opponent in Bethune-Cookman? Mm-hmm. And we went out there and whooped they ass, though. Yeah. 48-7 to at home. They scored that touchdown in the last, like, three, four minutes of the game where we have freshmen and sophomore playing, and it's really like the game is over at that point. So whatever, you, you want to say 48 zip, 48 zip pretty much. They didn't cover the spread, but it was an impressive win. That's that's the type of win, Joel, that we needed to see from yeah, the program. Especially though. against a school like Bethune. Yeah, man, go out there, dominate early. Don't struggle in the first quarter to try to put a touchdown, and then at halftime you're up 17 to 3. Nah, that shouldn't happen. And it didn't happen this game. By halftime, we were up 34 to zip. We had 24 points in one quarter and four and 10, uh, no, 14 and 10 yeah. in one quarter. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to see, exactly what we got. And Not it's it. just keeping the offense humming, keeping those guys on pace. Like, hey, this is what we do regularly. No matter what the opponent, we're going to run option left. We're going to give Van Dyke time to throw. We're going to give 
uh, Williams carries. We're going to try to find Bashard down the field. Like, we're going to find uh, Jacoby down the field. Like, we're going to try to do all these things regardless of who we're playing. And that's the, the what we w- need to see against teams that we need to kick their ass. Two, three years ago, Joel, you and I both know that we wouldn't have beaten a Bethune-Cookman team like we did like that. <clears throat> not the way, not that fashion. It would have been, they would have let, let more points probably. For sure. And it would have been more of a, you know, like maybe like a 10 point margin of victory, 14 point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it's just Cristobal and his staff keeping the throttle on these guys wide open, full pedal to the metal yeah. and allowing these guys to get rhythm of being a good dominant football team, going out there and beating guys up. That's what what they needed to experience because last year we didn't know how to dominate teams. Mm-hmm. Now we're learning how to dominate teams. Now so, it's getting interesting too. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the you know the the rankings and, and you know being up there. You know you, you're in twenty. You got a couple of schools ahead of you that you got to play this year coming up. And you know this is this is a good start to the season. To Hell be three yeah. and zero, producing, putting up points. And, you know, getting that confidence that you, you didn't really have last year. You know, you're going to need that heading into this weekend. It's not that serious for them as they play Temple. But, right. you know, they got the Georgia Tech. They got UNC. They got Clemson, Virginia, Florida State. I mean, a couple of those guys are ranked right now. Yeah, and, for sure. And, and so, they, you know, they need to win those Bethune-Cookman games handily to really make their case for being a top 10 team in this country and what it does joel is puts a target on you right because now we go out there and play temple and guess what they're talking about in that locker room yo let's go out there and upset these guys these guys think they're good they they want to flaunt that number 20 and they think they're gonna be top dog in whatever let's go out there and bust their bubble let's go out there and, and and wreck their season that's the motivation now for a team that we play week in week out when you have that type of target on you i'm not saying that we'll have a target on us because we're uh like championship contenders or anything of that nature. No, that's not what I mean. But like when you have a ranked number against your right next to your team name, like you're a target for the team that you're playing. They're going to look at that. Before you get ahead of yourself here, I just want to tell you right now, Temple Owls are two and one on the season. Yeah. There are three games. Two that they won. Okay. Their last one, they won 41 to nine. You want to know who they played? Mm -hmm. Norfolk state. (laughs) Do you know where Norfolk state is? Cause I don't, I think it's in Virginia. No idea. Then uh, the game they, the game they lost okay. was against Rutgers, where they lost thirty six to seven to Rutgers, and their first game of the season was against Akron, and they barely won that twenty four to twenty one. So I don't know. I haven't seen the line yet. I don't know if you know what the odds are yet or whatever for uh, the Hurricanes. They're they have their favorite. Oh really? There's, it's not over thirty points. No. Because I can see that. They're going to win this game by over 30 points. They I should. Mean, There's no reason why they shouldn't. So, Yes, and I think that Cristobal and his staff knew what they were doing, right, when they started to pull players early, right? Get, get the game in hand by halftime. 34 zip is done. Dale, night's over. Dale, put the B team in there. Let's get them some work. And then after that, we'll throw in the C team. So he's already thinking of how to preserve his best players his playmakers and keeping these guys fresh while giving other guys an opportunity to get acclimated to the system. Yeah, I agree with you. We should route a team like Temple. We should route them, right? Because, again, you want to be able to play dominant football against teams that are inferior to the talent that you have, physically and, you know, skill-wise. We have way more talent than ta- than Temple does. So we need to go out there and dominate this game. And I think we're going to do that. Yeah, I think that 24 spread is very doable, right? Especially if we play like we played against Bethune-Cookman and we don't take any chances. We don't mess around with anything. We keep it a clean football game, right? And we go out there and do our uh, their jobs. We can. I can definitely see the Canes uh, winning big like that. So you're uh, talking about clean football. That was something that was an issue last year with yes. this first year from yes. Crystal Ball. And, you know, a lot, you know, this is college. You got a lot of young guys not disciplined and shit like that, making a lot of the same stupid mistakes over and over again through three games this season. Have you seen a, a lot of that? Or have you seen a lot more uh, uh, discipline around, you know, I, I not think, making bad plays and shit like that? I think that, you know, something that really was enlightened to me by the conversation that we had with Andy, right? Shout out to Andy. He, he did great that game against Bethune Cookman. Um, and he's already knocked down some big field goals yeah, for his team, bro. Um, you know, he said, he mentioned something about Van Dyke. 
where he said that he's the leader, where he's not super vocal, but when he does speak, the team follows. And I feel like that's the focus of the group right now. TVD is so focused on becoming such a good quarterback because there's a lot of stake for that young man personally, yeah. right? Like his status as an NFL career. quarterback, like where are you going to be in the board? Are you a top five quarterback? Are you a top 10 quarterback? All that stuff, With right? With a great season. I don't want to say good because he had a good season his first year that Correct. he played. Okay? Correct. And then he regressed last year and that, that hurt his drafts, you know, stock. But with a great season this year and something to add to the resume as far as like, you know, big games, you know, big, big situations against big teams and being able to win and all that. Dude, I mean, that changes things from being just a drafted quarterback in the NFL to yeah. a first round quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. And a high draft pick at that. Right. You're talking millions of dollars. Yeah. You know? So yeah. there's a lot on the line for a kid like that. No, And even being in a position where you're you're on a team that could be potentially great. Right. Because we see teams that get young players, put two, three players around them. And then in, the, in those two, three, four, five years, they're contending for playoffs, contending for for some type of right. you know goal. TVD wants to be one of those quarterbacks. I'm sure of it. And I think that he can achieve that. I agree. This offense is averaging 511 yards per game. Sheesh. Very, very good. But you need to be able to do that consistent. And I think that's why the focus of the team, right, is really taking on to a level of we have so much talent. We should be winning. The coach is putting us in a good position. We have a good quarterback. Let's go do this. And our quarterback is being vocal enough when he needs to be and say, hey, guys, this is the type of focus that we need to have week in, week out. I don't think that we're overlooking this Temple team at all. And not because, oh, shit, the upset, this, that. No, it's just that this team is not allowing themselves to be a team that lives off of its small accolades. No, they're, they're trying to be a bigger picture team. And when you're trying to do that, you need to be able to be a consistent team. Go out there and beat this team consistently. Just like you did last week, an inferior opponent, go out there and beat them up. Go out there and dominate them. I think they're going to be able to do that uh, because, again, the offense is really badass. Like 511 yards per game. That shit ain't nothing to sneeze at, my boy. Nah, they're they're then they're doing it. It's a it's a it's not just you know one facet. You know, it's not just TVD being able to throw the ball and and receivers actually catching and making plays this year. Yeah, but man. they're running the ball. It's a good balance. Yeah, you know, and that that protects things. That the players that that opens things up. Yeah, you know, it, it just and and you, you talk about you know what the Dolphins are doing, and you you can see little spurts of that in what the Hurricanes are doing, you know, Absolutely. as far as being a high-powered offense. I mean, look, uh, Paris Jr. this year so far, he has 26 carries, 192 yards, and a touchdown. This is the dude that's going to have to touch the ball often, early in this game, yeah. right? And just get this guy going. But he's one of the main reasons why this offense has been able to be so efficient. And again, I just think that's just the focus that this team is playing with. You know, they're, they're really focused on being a, a really good team this year, dog. And I think that they're going to be able to achieve a lot of things this this Saturday, 3.30, yeah. man, ESPN. Big game. It's a big game. You know, make sure to watch it. Uh, and, 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 and not looking for a Kane's victory. Expect that. Let's see how much of a killer instinct they have in them, right? Like, if they're up 24 to zip at, coming into the third quarter, are they going to put up another 21 points? Are they going to put up another 17 points? That's what I want to see. Yeah. So let's see what happens with the Canes, man. Uh, but you know what? We got a couple of honorable mentions before we get out of here. Of course, we got to shout out the UCF Knights, 3-0 this season. Go Knights. Go Knights, man. You guys got a big game this weekend. Yeah, they had an impressive win against Villanova. I know we're not impressive. playing anybody. It's interesting. It's impressive. You want to know why? Yes. Because we lost our starting quarterback the game prior in Boise wow. State. Okay. Right at the end of the game, we lost him. Um, you know, McK uh, not Mackenzie Milton. Um, what's uh, Plumley? Uh, Rice Plumley. He, you know, he's he's been with us for a couple of seasons now, and and he's our leader. He's our guy. He's our playmaker. And he went down pretty bad in that Boise State game at the end, and he's out for a while. I don't know how long exactly, but well, I was afraid. I don't like. I don't know who the backup is. You know, so yeah. I was afraid. You know, we were going to be in a grind with Villanova, and we beat them handily. It was forty eight fourteen. I think is what we won. Let me see. Yeah, forty eight fourteen. Awesome. So you know, now we got a tougher game against Kansas State. Which tough team. for UCF is going to be a more, more tougher task than it would be for other teams, but I think we got this unlocked, dog. We hey, got man. we got we got a great great team this year, uh, and I think they should beat them. 
And I think if you guys, not not if you want to be taken serious, because I think you guys are taken serious, but, like, if you want to make some noise this season, just do it by beating teams like this, right? Like, get it out the way early and be like, yeah, we can punch big boys in the mouth and knock them out. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you talk about big boys, and they just switched uh, divisions Division. or conferences or whatever. That's right, that's right. And so now we're playing different people. We're, we're playing Baylor, who we've played before. We're playing Kansas after uh, after that. But then we got a, a ranked opponent in Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, you talk about, like, big boys, like, the, you know, we got, we're going to have to figure out how we can play against those guys. But it's almost the same thing with the Hurricanes, right, where it's like, all right, you got the FSU game towards the end of the season. You're going to have all these games in between that that you're going to be have to be looking at that FSU game and keeping it in mind, but at the same time, put it in that work week in, week out. Beat the team that's in front of you. Play well. Execute. Keep it clean. You know what I mean? Like, that's the type of focus yeah, that these teams are going to have to have. Focus on what you can't control. Yeah, that's it. Dude, do your job. Yeah, that's it. Do your job. And um, also, we got to shout out the FIU Golden Panthers. Dude. 3-1? and one? Florida Dude, sports, you know, bro. Ah, it's just a I talent. Mean, I mean, to, you got you, you got FSU, who we hate, top yes. five. Yes. Okay. Hurricanes at twenty. Yes. And you got the Gators at twenty five. Yes. After a, an impressive victory. UCF is three and zero. Oh. Yes. FIU is three and one. On a three game winning streak. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. South. Uh, we, uh, you and I have always said this on the show. South Florida, Florida in particular, uh, number one when it comes to football talent. Hands down. Hands down. Texas, I know I know you guys produce Texas some good has stuff. A Ohio, bunch, I know Calif- you guys California. Some good stuff, but Florida, Florida. Nobody's beating Blo- the Florida. Best. Nobody. 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 Nah. Um, and the last thing before we get out of here, the 365 Thursday night league, seven on seven flag football championship. Obviously, sports was so so brought it to you. We're gonna be bringing that video to you guys um pretty soon. Barely. We barely brought it. Yeah, the rain was kind of working against us, but the football gods opened up a little pathway and said, all right, guys, do we saw thing. you out there with the equipment. We're going to let you do your thing. We'll let you do your thing. And, and we did our thing. And we did our thing, man. It's a, it's a great video. It's going to come out soon. Um, we need your support on the video when it drops. How do you do that? You go to our YouTube channel. You hit the subscribe button. You turn on the notifications. That way, it allows you to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell everybody they know. To tell everybody they know that they got to go and hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, drop a comment on the videos. Um, we got to give a shout out to the Dream Team and Death Row, man. Those guys put out a hell of a performance that night for us, too. So, Good shout game. out to those guys for, for doing their thing. Uh, and shout out to you guys for your support. We appreciate it. And until next time, peace. peace.